Man, Gobbler's Knob. How do I turn that into a pickup line? You're good at pickup lines. What's what's the way to do that? Because I feel like you can only use that one day out of the year, and today is the day, right? Uh, nobody talks about Groundhog Day except for on Groundhog Day, so I've got to find a way to use this Groundhog Day pickup line tonight. I'm hitting the town. I've got it. Okay. You walk up to your next unsuspecting victim. Hmm. <laughs> Say, excuse me. Did you know, do you know the name of the place that Punxsutawney Phil, the groundhog, lives? Not the name of the town. That's Punxsutawney. The name of the specific part of Punxsutawney where the groundhog lives. And she'll say, I don't know. What? You say, Gobbler's Knob. Hi, I'm Brad. Nice to meet you. (laughs) That's it? Yeah. I just ask her a question and then give her a random fact and then start the conversation. Yeah. Mm. You'll she'll she'll want to be offended, but you immediately introduce yourself, which is disarming. Of course, you typically, I'm guessing, use fake names so that uh the victims next of kin can't track them down afterwards. Mm. Right. Whatever name you go with, just give Gobbler's Knob, hi, I'm um Felix, nice to meet you, or whatever name you use. Felix. Can I get away with being Felix? Would I want to get away with being Felix? I think I'd rather get caught for a crime than having to go by Felix. <laughs> God. I'll be like Felix. I'll be like Javon Felix, but Felix will be my first name. Oh, there's a blast from the past. You're probably not going out the, tonight, though. You're in Galveston right now, aren't you? I'm headed back after this show. I'm actually going to the Texas Stars game with our guy Tom McKay of oh, Audiovisual nice. Consultation. So... Uh, headed back up tonight, and maybe at the HEB Center at Cedar Park. I'll try that on someone. Let's go. CB, I don't remember if we ever reviewed Groundhog Day. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, though. I feel like we did, because that was one of those movies that I did not see growing up. Okay. and Which leads me to because I have seen it now, and it leads me to believe that that means I watched it with you, because that's happened a lot. You know what? I think we did. So that was the era where we were doing the movie review and then we were talking with someone related to the movie afterwards. We talked to the guy who played Ned Ryerson after that. Yeah. So I think that may have been one of our first movie reviews, as a matter of fact. Solid movie. Yeah. It's solid movie. Uh, well, you may need to watch it again, but I know you commit way too much time to watching sports, so that might not happen. Man. Those West Coast Conference basketball games aren't going to watch themselves. Someone's got to stay up till 1 a.m. to see what happens between San Francisco and Pacific. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll take one for the team. Uh, Sylvester was the fake name that I usually used. It's before I like was smart enough to think of Dr. William Cannon or Brody Lane or stuff like that. But Sylvester Robbins was the, uh, the go-to fake name that I dropped in college. Sylvester, why'd you go by Sly for short? I went by Sly for short, yep. I was a uh, business major because, you know, that sounded like I was going to be successful. When they heard journalism, they're like, nope. Uh, Business major at the University of Central Florida. Hmm. UCF kid. Were you always flashing horns down on Dirty Sixth when you were (laughs) in your ladies? No, this was well before I knew that uh, Texas and UCF would ever share a conference for one season. And uh, a Texas basketball coach that got the job because his boss previously had uh, beat, allegedly beat up his fiance of a long time, uh, lost his job. I didn't quite see that one coming. I don't, I don't know if Biff Tannen could have seen that shit coming. Yeah, as a matter of fact, to steal a line from Office Space, somebody were to tell you that back then. That, no, no, I don't think somebody would tell me that. That'd be deserving to get your ass kicked to suggesting something like that might happen. <laughs> Here we are with those two teams sharing a conference for one season. For one season. What a time to be alive. All right. We're rolling until 1 o'clock here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Uh, Some big news out of the world of college sports. And I think I saw you retweet this, Trey. So I know you've seen this. And I guess we could start today's show talking about what this could mean. I don't know if anyone knows exactly what this does mean. But uh, it feels like the potential options are endless for what could come of this news that has uh, dropped involving college sports. And there are multiple folks out there reporting that the SEC and Big Ten 
are creating a joint advisory group of presidents and athletic directors in an urgent mission to find solutions and steer college sports into the future. So basically so the tweet from Pete Thamel that I retweeted a few minutes ago. There we go. Yep. The SEC and Big Ten set to announce that they are setting up an advisory committee. It's expected to look at the entire college sports landscape and solutions within it. So um, big news, it feels like. The two biggest conferences in college sports who have obviously uh, done a lot in recent years to get even bigger and more powerful with some of the additions that each league will be making starting in 2024. Uh, they are about to join forces in some capacity to at least discuss what the next steps are for college sports. Trey, this has the chance to be very, very big for the future of not only Texas, but college sports in general. I don't know when the official beginning of the end for the NCAA was. Maybe today will be considered one of those days in the future, but this is it for the NCAA. You had your opportunity to get this shit straight, this mess that you helped to cause by constantly operating five to ten years behind the times. And their latest attempt to wield authority earlier this week may have served as a sort of death nail for them, BK. And the news coming to light that the NCAA was investigating Tennessee for NIL-related infractions with Tennessee officials at the school and then state legislators literally pushing back to the point that they filed a federal antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA. The NCAA is facing like, I don't know how many lawsuits they're facing right now, but it's a lot. It's hmm. a wonder that they have the time to arbitrarily enforce their rules against random schools here and there, considering that they are having to spend so much manpower defending themselves in courts. But this is it for them. You had this opportunity. You were given a year to try and get something done at the federal level to provide guardrails for the ideas of NIL and the transfer portal and get everybody on the same page here. You haven't been able to do that. Even with a former governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker in charge now, somebody who understands the bureaucratic process, it's done for you. You will probably still have control over the Olympic sports and maybe even some of those secondary major sports at the college level, men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball. That does remain to be seen though, because the SEC and Big Ten, this advisory committee, is looking at all college sports right now. I'm hard-pressed to think that they would completely break away in those sports as well. But if they do, there's likely going to be a lot of other institutions who will be joining with before it's all said and done. But I made the prediction five years ago on the radio waves that this was inevitable. I thought at the time that it would be four power Conferences that end up going to that next level and leaving the NCAA in their wake with each of those conferences having 16 teams. I was wrong about that. It's going to be the Big Ten. It's going to be the SEC. We will likely see 20-plus schools in each of these conferences, and it will be a college version of what the NFL rolls out with a much more specific set of rules on what is allowed under NIL you may very well see salary caps, but these guys are going to be paid directly by the university or by the athletics department, which was probably where this was all heading when it initially got going, too. You knew it was going to be too chaotic, too crazy, with every school playing by its own set of rules and the NCAA basically staying staying out of it and saying, yeah, you know what? We, we, we're not sure what to do here. So go with your conference rules, go with your state rules. Maybe something will get figured out federally. It hasn't. And so the Big Ten and the SEC are doing what they need to, and that's taking this into their own hands before that next TV deal kicks in for the 2026 football season. Yeah, the NCAA's decision to not do anything in regards to NIL is going to backfire, right? Like their ego got in the way because they, you know, they used the term student athlete. They coined the term student athlete. They were always against college players getting paid any sort of money, I'm not breaking any news to anybody here. So when they started losing out and when the government basically said that, no, like, screw you guys, you don't have the power to uh, prevent these kids from making any sort of money on their name, image, and likeness. The NCAA is like, fine, you guys wanted this. Y'all figure it out. 
And, well, I think they were thinking, like, the schools and the conferences would be like, oh, we need you, NCAA. This is open season. We need you guys to step in and fix this. And instead, the exact opposite has happened. Everyone's mad at the NCAA for not doing their job of governing the sports that they're supposed to govern. And now these schools and conferences are like, well, they're not doing anything. Why are we listening to them? Why don't we just take matters into our own hands and control our own futures instead of rely on a bunch of people who really don't know what they're doing to dictate our successes going forward? Quite honestly, they made the problem worse, too, in an effort to try and avoid ending up in court for a lot of the lawsuits that they're facing right now. They basically opened the floodgates, and I realized part of this was COVID-initiated. That was a, a bit of a front for them. They could have rolled this back much sooner than they chose to. They basically said, look, if you want to transfer, you can go ahead and transfer one school to another, and it's not a problem. Right when the whole NIL thing was getting going. You want to talk about dog shit timing? You mean you're making it legal to pay guys when they're at the school for endorsements, name, image, and likeness, but you know exactly what was going to happen there. I mean, hell, Miami was doing it flagrantly from the get-go. Other schools were, too, to lesser degree, degrees. Miami's just the most obvious example. It's like, oh, this superstar from Kansas State is going here now. Oh, these attractive tw twins are transferring into your basketball program now. Oh, you're going and getting this person from here, this person from here. That has been happening to varying degrees all across the country. Miami is the, just the most glaring example. That was happening from the get-go. What the hell did you think was going to happen? Yeah. You could basically say, hey, you get to be eligible next year. Come here, and we'll promise you this amount of money to come play here next year. It's very uh, very rudimentary and uh, just a colossal mistake by the NCAA. That, if there's anything that was a death nail for them, it's probably something along those lines. Yeah, and I think some of the conclusions that uh, you jumped to a couple of minutes ago are, are accurate, right? Um, it, it sort of feels like we're headed to a power two. I saw couple of quotes from Greg Sankey. One of them, I think, kind of indicates where this thing is headed, and the other thing is just a flat-out uh, flat blatant lie. Uh, the first quote, pressures are mounting. We are not going to be status quo. And it goes to show you that, uh, all right, everything could be on the table here. And then the second quote, the one that uh, gave me a little bit of a kick, Greg Sankey said, we want to see a healthy national organization. I don't buy that for a second because I'm with you. I tend to feel like the SEC and Big Ten are going to do their own thing. Like the biggest question is something you posed earlier. Is it just football? Is it every sport? I think the SEC and Big Ten, if they wanted to control every single sport, uh, they could if they wanted to. Or they just say, now let's turn this into football. Let's do an AFC, NFC kind of thing. This will be the big football league. We'll handle this ourselves. We might hire a commissioner who oversees this entire thing. And, uh, you know, we let the other sports that don't bring in the type of money that football does kind of do what they've been doing for the last 100 years. So I don't completely dismiss that second comment. I do understand where you're coming from there. But he's basically saying that we do need some sort of national governments for this. And the NCAA has been the one that's been in charge of that this whole time. And so we've got to figure out something completely different here. You think and they're actually serious about that though like yes he's right of course but you, you think he really wants like i think everybody not in the sec or big 10 is skeptical right now that they are going to get a seat at the table like they they're probably thinking this is a power two thing and not a oh even though we've been considered a power conference school for a long time we are going to get a spot at the table i think they're worried that uh, they're going to get boxed out here you're not wrong about that. I mean, that is what it's about to happen. I guess technically they could they could take control of the Division Two or whatever that second division ends up being called. It will be composed of whatever schools remain from the ACC, the Big 12, you know, the remnants of the Pac-12, Mountain West, you know, all the group of five schools. They could, uh, they could be under that umbrella as well. He's basically just basically calling for a new governing body, somebody who – will be able to set a sort of standard that will be respected by the member institutions. Cause whatever the NCAA says right now, you'd have to be a damn fool to take them at the letter of the law of whatever the NCAA says is that law. Like that's how little respect that they have amongst the major programs in college football, especially, but the NCAA has handled this so poorly to a degree that they may run the risk of, losing out on all sports when it's all said and done. The, the schools that they're responsible for, maybe what are considered division school, uh, division two and three schools in college basketball, let's say. So it, I don't know where this heads. At the very least, it's going to be the SEC and Big Ten breaking off and doing their own thing in football. 
But I could also foresee something that is set up much like the Premier League is over in England, where you do have ideas like relegation being considered and schools that aren't remaining competitive at a certain level getting knocked down and those who are the most competitive at that lower level getting that opportunity to compete at the highest level. Uh, but that's that all still needs to be worked out as well. It's okay. the fact that they're taking this step, that they're saying out loud that we need to find uh, a sort of national authority, to paraphrase what Greg Sankey said, I think does speak to whether it's the college football playoff committee or whether it's a completely different governing body. There will, will be someone totally different in charge of college football starting by 2026. Man, this is uh, this is crazy. God, relegation in American sports would be insane. I don't know if everybody, every college, every university president and athletic director would be on board with something like that. Like, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think Vanderbilt's AD would say to something like that? No thanks. Vanderbilt's AD may think about it and say, "Gosh, we uh, like to commit a lot of resources to a lot of." different spots here at Vanderbilt. We give a certain amount to the football program, but it might be best for us because we might legitimately have a chance to win a national title in football at that lower level. Yeah, it sucks not to be a part of the SEC anymore in college football. That could still be the case in these other sports, but in college football, it's going to become a different beast. You may not even have the SEC and Big Ten anymore at a certain point. That's Mm -hmm. how we have to think about this right now. We're still stuck, just like I was stuck on the idea of a Power Four like they may be called two completely different things. There's 24 teams in each conference. Like perhaps you're referring to it as, I don't know what you're referring to it as. It may not be the Big Ten and SEC anymore here in a couple of years. Everything is on the table right now. Can it not be the Big Ten because they haven't had 10 teams in like 10 years? I mean, I feel like that's not even being a, a OCD about it, BK. That's just a basic numbers game, isn't it? They're about to have 18 starting next year. Right. Like, if you don't want to be the Big 18 because you're thinking you're going to add a few more teams in a couple of years and you don't want to change your conference name like Washington's NFL franchise changes its name every year, then just pick something else. Pick something else. I don't know. Midwest Conference. The U.S. Conference. National Conference. American Conference. I'm not doing great here, am I? Pick something else that doesn't involve a number. You sound like an idiot when you have 18 teams in a 10-team conference. Yeah, it's got to be something that that really nasally Midwest accent really butchers when they say it, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about – this isn't going to fit, but here's the examples that I get from my wife, who I love dearly and is from Chicago, so she has some Midwesternisms about her. Oh, the Papa Squat Conference, or the, oh, we had a Grabber Conference, or, oh, I'm going to go Hose Off Conference, something like that, you know? Ope, the Ope Conference? (laughs) You say Ope all the time up there, don't they? Oh, dude, it's, it is there, y'all, and I have to say, I fucking say that shit regularly. I feel like you and I have talked about this off microphone. I say it very regularly, and I'm okay with that, too. Whoop. It's, yep. it's a great saying. I encourage everybody to adopt it, just like I encourage people outside of Texas to adopt y'all. It's uh, Yeah, you don't quite know what it means, but it, it always works when you say it, and it is very popular up there for sure. All right, we'll take your thoughts. Uh, crazy day in college sports. You know, the announcement of an advisory committee between the SEC and the Big Ten You know, the last time, Trey, multiple conferences got together to form some quote-unquote joint committee was the alliance between the uh, what was it the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC, where they're all like, yeah, we're not going to poach other conferences' schools, and then everyone started poaching other conferences' schools. I think so. it was everybody but the Big 12. It was Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12, with George Klievkov really leading that charge and overplaying his hand in the process as a counter to Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC my nice move, you jackass. You're left with two members in your conference and a bunch of Mountain West teams who are uh, jockeying to get in. Meanwhile, yeah, you are uh, your conference was raided by the Big Ten and poor Jim Phillips and the ACC. Well, they had some shady maneuverings as well that had more to do with their own member institutions. Uh, they're about to come apart at the seams, too. So, yeah, the Big Ten it enriched. I'm sorry, the Alliance enriched the Big Ten while it left those other two conferences in shambles. The Alliance, the Alliance, 
Kevin Warren's role was in all of that because it's weird. It wasn't, it it wasn't Big Ten. It was, it was SEC and Big Ten because they had already the SEC had already added Texas and OU, and the Big Ten had already added USC and UCLA. So it was the other three. It was the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12 who formed this so-called alliance that they were they were going to stick together. Uh, and no, then the the, Big- dude, the alliance the alliance was Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12. It was Big Ten. Big yeah. 12 wasn't in it. I promise you, the Big 12 was not in it. That was when yeah. the Big 12 was toiling, okay. and they did not know what their future held. Like they were like, we we might just be fucked here. Mm, I beg your pardon. Then, <laughs> our favorite uh, conference commissioner, Brett Yormark, came in and actually did some really savvy things to make the Big 12 relevant once again. Now, how much is it going to matter in the end? We'll see because the Big 12, if the SEC and Big 10 decide to expand. Big 12 is probably going to get rated once again, because if you think about the 48 most valuable schools in college sports, I think there are a couple of other Big 12 schools that would qualify. Yeah, I think so. I think there are two. I don't know what number we get to, 48, 60. Maybe they're happy with what they have right now. Maybe they just want, you know, Florida State, Miami, Notre Dame, a few other schools. Who knows what that number is? That's that's why the alliance was hilarious, though. It's like the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 get together at the Pac-12 commissioner's insistence, Mm -hmm. how it read to me. And then the Big Ten behind everybody's backs is going and getting UCLA and USC and then eventually uh, those other couple of schools, too, completely fucking the Pac-12 in the process. I mean, the Pac-12 was being rated by the Big 12 by the end. That's how bad it got for them. But that's George Klievkov's fault. He overplayed his hand in that moment. Uh, thinking a power play was a good idea. That was the worst possible idea at that point in time because it pissed off the SEC, and there must have been back-channel conversations where the SEC is like, look, Big Ten, y'all are the number two right now or number one on a given year. Y'all need to get your shit together because here's what's about to happen in the middle part of the the 2020s. And you know you're best suited to come with us to form that other conference, but it's up to you to, to figure that part of the puzzle out. They went and got UCLA and USC that really uh, further shook the world of college sports. Not as big. Well, in some ways it's bigger, though, I guess, just because it doesn't make nearly as much regional sense, but not quite as big, in my opinion, still as Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, but obviously still pretty massive. And uh, it led to Washington and Oregon ultimately joining, too. Mm, What a disaster. Good lesson for the kids out there. Uh, Get it in writing. Because the handshake agreement of the alliance um, clearly did not mean jack shit. Yeah, and they were so insistent in that moment. Oh, we don't need a written agreement. We don't need anything signed. This is all good faith here. Yeah, sure it is, guys. Good luck with that one. Yeah, well done there. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, big news in the world of college sports. This kind of feels like the first domino to drop. Hell, you could argue there have been dominoes dropping that have led to this for a while. But, this could be uh, the big start of sweeping changes to either college football or just all college sports in general. Uh, crazy. Not the last time we'll talk about this. I've got a hunch. All right. We will uh, shift gears here momentarily. But uh, before we do that, we'll give some shout outs to some of our great sponsors. We'll start with the TV spot from our great friends at Covert BK. Hi, I'm Dan Covert with my wife, Hayden. Welcome to Covert BK. Our newest location in the gorgeous hill country includes Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and hundreds of pre-owned and certified vehicles for you to choose from. We have three service departments that are ready to take care of your car, truck, or SUV with 86 service bays to accommodate any repair and get you in and out quickly. Come visit us today to select the vehicle you've been dreaming about. Covert, born and raised in Austin. Yes, indeed. Shout out to the Covert family, the Covert Auto Group. Been around, been around Austin since 1909. Trey, got a word for our great friends over at Big Hat? I sure do. Big Hat Spirits, that's right. Cocktails in a can just got a whole lot better, BK. Big Hat can be found at Specs, 34 Wine and Spirits, and more. What you need to know about Big Hat cocktails in a can and they are delicious and very low on the bs you know i pay close attention to what i put into my body as weird as that sounds you know what i'm talking about food and beverages i try and be as healthy as possible but i also enjoy 
the occasional adult beverage. This is where Big Hat comes in in a major way. Tastes delicious. They do have a little bit of tequila or vodka, depending on the drink. And they have no syrups, no gluten, non-GMO, BPA-free, 100% natural, real spirits, no sugar added. With most of these cocktails, that includes flavors like ranch water, jalapeno ranch water, margarita, the prickly pear paloma, blackberry smoke, Texas Mule, you hear Bucky talking about in the morning. For those of you who aren't drinkers, how about the Margarita Mocktail? That's right, Big Hat does that one as well. You can find out more info and actually the location nearest you that has Big Hat cocktails in a can by going to BigHatSpirits.com. Again, Specs, 34 Wine and Spirits, and stay tuned because there will be more places before too long big hat spirits yes indeed shout out to them also shout out to bet us if you were looking to make some money on sports this weekend or any weekend in the foreseeable future you got to go to bet us it's the best online sports book and casino out there if you're watching on youtube just click the link in the video description below us if you're listening on the free texas sports unfiltered app uh, just click explore our socials and there's a link to bet us right there easy to find easy to get to you sign up you deposit 50 bucks or more. Our friends at BetUS are going to hook you up with a great deposit bonus. That's right. They're going to give you free money so you can bet and win more. And, uh, hey, you'll be helping us out as well. More importantly, you'll be able to win some money on college basketball, the NBA, golf, and, of course, the Super Bowl next weekend. They've got lines on every game all year long. Check them out. Just click those links for BetUS where the game begins. Uh, Trey, is it raining? Up by you right now? It is getting darker up by me, and it looks like rain is inevitable. It's not raining just yet. I did talk to one Bucky Godbolt about 15 to 20 minutes before the show started, and he was chirping loudly and confidently about the fact that it wasn't going to rain today. Yep. He said that this morning. This is our guy Ashish from 7-Eleven, another great sponsor of Texas Sports Unfiltered. And the Buck said... That it was not going to rain today. He was adamant about it. And I told him, it's like, Buck, I'm looking at the Weather Channel app right now, and I am seeing a 70% chance of rain in Austin today. Are you sure you want to stake claim that it will not rain in Austin? And he's like, I'm positive. I'm better than them. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm the real pro here. And I told him, dude, I'll give you all the credit in the world. If you're right and they're wrong, then I will no longer talk bad about your weather guessing abilities. But it seems like, just based on Ashish's comment, and I know Ashish was uh, tuned in this morning, that uh, it's at least raining down there, and the buck was wrong, proving that he is just as bad as the rest of them, if not worse. If nothing else, at 8, 9 o'clock at night, it is going to be raining in much of the area. And then overnight, and technically this is Saturday, 2 in the morning, it's like a 100% chance according to my weather guessing app right now. Yeah, that's that's a bad miss by the buck there. He's got to get a back replacement surgery or something if he wasn't feeling this one. I, I was about to say, he's about to go in for some medical testing today with the whole hyperthyroid thing that he talked about with me. I'm sure he's talked about it with you as well. That was probably top of mind for him. It threw off his his weather-guessing capabilities, you know? Yeah, I think it did. He's trying All to right. think positively about himself, so he started thinking way too positively about the shitty-ass weather we've been dealing with for the last couple of months now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, he whiffed, and we're not going to let him forget it. So he can't be that confident that it's not going to rain. And then have it rain like hours later. It's not like it rained, you know, started raining at two in the morning and he was barely wrong. Uh, It seems like he's going to be wrong all day. So way to go, Buck. Thank you for weighing in, Grant. Letting us know it's raining in neck of the woods and Marble Falls. And your neck of the woods and Marble Falls? Is that what you meant, Grant? Was neck of the woods the name of a neighborhood? Because that's a pretty sweet neighborhood name. Is that just a synonym for Marble Falls? They also call it neck in the woods or neck of the woods? Neck of the woods. Texas, aka Marble Falls, that'd be a yeah. good name. Hey, I've got uh, I've got good news for you. Yes, I don't think I'm stealing your "Where Are We At in Society" story based on a, a tweet that I saw you post promoting today's show. But this is uh, I don't know if you've seen this. The Buck and I were talking about this this morning, and I referenced you how this is something that has been an idea of yours for a long time. Ooh, and you have been interested in this. You have been promoting something like this 
for as long as I've known you. And apparently you are not alone. So I'll share the screen, even though it's not that necessary, but I'll do it anyways. And I'll read a tweet. Peter Thiel and a group of venture capitalists are funding the Enhanced Games, an Olympic-style competition that allows performance-enhancing drugs. Events include track and field, swimming, gymnastics, weightlifting, combat sports. The first event will be in 2025. Trey, people are listening to you. You have uh, been an advocate of allowing professional athletes to take performance-enhancing drugs. And, well, now you're going to see it as part of the enhanced games that apparently get rolling next year. Let's freaking go get ready for records to be shattered. Now that everything is above board, it's going to allow a more scientific process and less guesswork to try and stay a step of the head of the testing protocols. Look, I understand meatheads have long drawn the ire and the jokes of the general public, but uh, a lot of the dude bros in the, uh, the workout world, a lot of, high-trained athletes in the Olympic sports, they have a better understanding of the science of these things than the general public does or the governing institutions do because they have had to uh, do much so self, so much so, much so self uh, testing, so much self-testing. There we go. If I can stop having a stroke and, uh, and actually figure out what works, the minimum effective dose, and making sure that you're not going too far overboard that causes some of the detrimental effects that you see with performance-enhancing drugs at times. Things like HGH that help somebody get back from injury or help an athlete recover. Uh, things that can enhance your strength. Things that can enhance uh, your tendon and your ligament strength. All of these things can be hugely important, can help play into the idea that these games are just that. They are for our entertainment value in a lot of sense. And I think that Peter Thiel and a lot of the other guys that are on board with this. They sense as much too. They know that there's a way to do this that is responsible where you won't necessarily have superheroes with tumors all over their body competing in weightlifting or track and field or whatever other sports are a part of these games. Peter Thiel, not Peter Thiel. Uh, t- yeah, it's Thiel. I mean, I said Thiel for a long time too. I didn't even hear what you said. Did you say Thiel? It I looks mean- like Thiel. I mean, I don't, I don't fault you at all for saying it like that. Who is that? I don't know who that is. He is one of the richest guys on the planet. He was responsible for PayPal. I believe he's Elon Musk's former partner at PayPal. And he is, I think at this point, he runs one of the largest venture capitalist firms in the world. I mean, this, this dude is super rich. So he's got, he's got the amount of fuck you money that allows him to start up the, uh, the doped up games, you know? I didn't realize Elon Musk was gay, but uh, the more you know, at least he used to be at some point in the past. So did Peter Thiel. Oh, partner. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for letting us know about that. Yeah. They uh, I am PayPal. Yeah, I am. That's it's a good sight. I am curious. Like you talk about records being broken. A couple of things. Number one, uh, will these records actually count? Like, will these be considered world records? You know, like I, baseball is, I, I guess, the closest thing to this with the steroid era. Like those records still exist in the books, but obviously – the players who were alleged steroid users during the steroid era are not in the Hall of Fame. So is there some sort of weird uh, when the, when we talk about world records with you know, 40 or 100 yard dash or weightlifting or any of these events, will those records stand? And also, I, I do wonder how many records get broken like immediately. Because it's easy to say, like, yes, all of them are going to be shattered because guys can now dope. But what happens if they don't get shattered? Then it's further proof that doping still goes on all the time in Olympic sports. We've known it has forever. And obviously, they test harder than ever before. But guys are always – these athletes are advanced. They're ahead of the curve. And, you know, guys are still getting away with it. Guys obviously get caught all the time, but they're not the only ones doping. Other people just have found ways to somehow cheat the system and not get caught. So I do wonder, like, what happens if records aren't broken immediately? And it's like, we got a huge scandal of, uh, hey, we might need to crack down on doping even more in the Olympics than we uh, originally had. Yeah, the Tour de France is like, we don't need your stupid games, Peter Thiel. You know, the biggest thing that will help determine whether 
you see records broken at these games is the sort of buy-in that they're getting from world-class athletes who otherwise would be competing in the Olympics. And so I would imagine just based on Peter Thiel's name, and I'm sure there's some other really rich people on that list that they are going to be money whipping people a la the Saudi personal investment fund where they're going to say, Hey, you want to come keep competing this game, these games, the prize, if you win and there's prizes for competing, I'm sure all the way up to getting uh, first, second or third are going to be massive to encourage the participation by some of the top athletes on the planet, the mm-hmm. sort of money that they may make in their lifetime, otherwise competing in the Olympics. And maybe you have your Nike deal and some, some other athletic wear stuff, things like that, that uh, ultimately can add up to a decent life, but aren't that, uh, that fuck you payout that these games will likely be posting to the winners. Could be live golf esque, you know, Exactly. I mean, it's, not, it's not Saudi money, right? This money feels a little cleaner, but it could be basically money whipping people to do something that morally is not as strong as what has been accepted in that sport or in those sports for a long time. Uh, I don't even know who the best, like who, who are the good Olympians now? Like Mark Spitz, is he still doing it? Nope. Uh, Phelps? Greg, nope. Greg Luganis also not doing it. Jackie Joyner? Jackie Joyner, Kersey, no. Marion Jones, I think she has served her jail sentence here in Central Texas, but I don't know if she's still active in the world world of track and field. God, how many Olympians do I know? Is Usain Bolt still running? No chance, right? He's done. I think he is. He's still, okay. But by, when was this, 2026? Five. Oh, shit, this is next year. 25, he might. Hmm. The, uh, the right amount is on the line. Phelps, Simone Biles, is she still doing it? She is. How many? Exactly, going to be competing at the upcoming Summer Games, I believe. I hate to be the guy who does this, you know. And someone's like, "Oh, I love this band," and then someone else is like, "Well, yeah, name five songs," or you know, like, "Who do you know here?" Like, I hate to be that guy, but whenever someone tells me they love the Olympics, I was getting into this uh, conversation with one of my good friends the other day. He was over watching football maybe two weeks ago. And he's like, dude, I love the Olympics. Are you not excited about it? And I'm like, I'll, you know, I'll watch. He's like, is Texas Sports Unfiltered going to be talking a ton of Olympics? I'm like, I don't know about a ton because I don't know how many people really watch. He's like, dude, I love it. People love it. It's the biggest sporting event in the world. I'm like, name five Olympians. And he, he couldn't he couldn't get three. Mm. He couldn't get three. And it's like, it's cool. Like, I, I love America. I'll root for our country. It's great. I'll watch because it's entertaining and it's in the summer. Like, there's nothing going on sports-wise outside of baseball, so the summer ones are easier to watch. And basketball sometimes is cool and whatever. But, yeah, you know, uh, the Olympics, overrated. Overrated bit, and everyone else knows it's overrated too, but no one admits it because they feel like they're a communist if they say it, I guess. Yeah, look, I'm with you, although I have plenty of unpopular opinions, so I don't have to be <laughs> I don't have to be afraid to float those. But I've said for a long time the that it's it's a lot of housewives and kids that overrate the Olympics, especially the Winter Olympics too, by the way. Although I am glad it sounds like the NHL is going to allow their guys to compete in the Winter Games again. That'll at least make hockey cool. Like the Summer Olympics have basketball obviously, which is a lot of fun to see. Uh, to see those teams go up against one another and for the U.S. to win gold more years than not. But uh, some of the other things have a little bit of entertainment value. But overall, you realize over the course of that 14 or so days that there is a lot that is just really overhyped by people that ultimately is, it's okay, but you could also take it or leave it too, you know? Yeah, like I I have kind of been anti your stance on peds for athletes but like i i'm more intrigued by the enhanced games than i am the olympics coming up so with like the sports that i love like i prefer them to stay like they are football basketball hockey baseball whatever but like olympic sports sports that i don't care about as much i think i'm more intrigued to see what the enhanced games look like especially if they're able to get a couple of names that no one will know but people will pretend to know uh that would and make this more exciting and intriguing for me than what we're going to see in Tokyo this year. The Tokyo. Okay. I did not remember that prediction though, that we'll watch the 2025 enhanced games. 
And it'll still elicit the same apathy that the regular summer games do. Yeah, probably right. Like, all right, they're setting records, but it's still these activities. I only have so much fun in watching, you know? Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that. All right, before we get to your where we at in society, I'm very excited to hear what you have in store for the people today. How about a quick word from our man, Tom McKay at AV Consultation? Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and we'd like to take a moment to thank all of our clients for making the last 25 years both fun and fruitful. For those of you who have not experienced our services yet, we'd like to invite you to give us a try for all of your home electronics needs. We take care of everything from surround sound home theaters and distributed audio to computer networks, home surveillance systems, to a new television in the living room or bedroom. And we come to you. There's no need to leave your home to find great pricing and incomparable service. No traffic, inexperienced sales geeks, or pushy showroom tactics. Just give us a call and we'll visit you at your home or business to take a look at what you really need. Just relax, hug your kids, and smile. We make your electronics and life simpler to manage. So give us a call and discover what over 7,000 families and businesses already have. Audiovisual consultations is the easiest, most complete way to enjoy today's electronics. Call us at 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678. Or online at avconsultations.com. Oh, yeah. Shout out to AV Consultations and shout out to Altstad Beer, the best beer that you can find in the world. Whatever you're doing this weekend, make sure you accompany your good times with the greatness of Altstad Beer. But of course, remember to drink Altstad responsibly. It is the official beer of BK. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstad Beer. No impurities, no regrets. Hey, real quick, I need to give a shout out to uh, my buddy Kevin, who is now with Allstat. He was at uh, Whitestone up until uh, very recently, but he's uh, working with the great people at Allstat now. So kudos to Kevin. Welcome welcome to that family and welcome to this family as a result too. Very nice. Congrats, Kevin. Best decision you've made in your entire life, being a part of the Allstat Brewery. That's Michael is right. It is the Paris Olympics. I did not remember that, but I've seen some promos of them standing in front mm. of uh, the Eiffel Tower. That's stupid. You don't want to watch breakdancing in the Olympics now? Yeah. The Olympics Whoa. added like parkour, breakdancing, flag football, surfing. Is anyone good playing in flag football? I no chance, remember. right? Like we, if we get for, NFL players would be awesome. If we can get like good college players doing that. That'd be awesome. But I, I can't imagine people are going to do that, especially in the first year of flag football at the Olympics. Oh, I'm sorry. Flag football won't make its debut until Los Angeles in 2028. So hopefully we'll have something figured out by then. Cause that'd be cool. Wow. Xavier worthy member of the, uh, team USA flag football team. Sign me up for that right there. You see guys like what we see in other sports going and competing for other countries. If they couldn't make the U S squad. It's true. Like uh, the world baseball classic. I guess those, some of those guys are from those countries, but some just have that, the ethnic background that allows them to play for those countries too. Yeah. Maybe something along those lines. I could see that. I don't think I'd be opposed to that either. All right. Got a few minutes left in today's show. I think we're due for a recorded spot today from our great friends over at Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, you Gonna hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808, or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your regular look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism and has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. But sadly, today is not that day. It is the latest edition of Am I Trey or Am I Larry David, BK? And not done intentionally, but I guess it's an honor of the start of the final season of Curb Your Enthusiasm this Sunday. I had another public run-in with somebody that required me to speak up as the courtesy police to try and get this person to get their head out of their own ass and how they conduct themselves around others. Oh, this boy. Time, at the gym. Oh, boy. Hello to the good people at Lifetime Fitness North off of the toll road near Palmer Lane. Great gym. 
Highly recommend this gym. So many great facilities. Uh, best gym I've ever been a member of. But sometimes you just encounter Yahoo. Is it even the best gyms? We've all run into the guy who clearly needs to start wearing deodorant at the gym. But for whatever reason, he thinks that it messes up his armpit microbiome. So everybody else has to suffer as a result. Or the person who's using like five different machines or work pieces of workout equipment at once in a crowded gym and doesn't seem the problem with it. And then you have the person that I'm about to have to describe to you now. So when I go to the gym, BK, I don't know. I guess you're still going to your apartment gym, correct? Mm-hmm. Kudos to you for sticking with that. Yeah, but whenever I go to the gym, it's a mix of, <laughs> as I see you uh, giving a, uh, a pretty apathetic head turn in, in return. But um, so when I go to the gym, it's a combination of stretching, mobility stuff, weightlifting, and then core exercises or other things, PT type stuff that I also do. And so this has to do with the physical therapy that I've been doing through uh, Texas Ortho for my hip slash glute issue that I've been dealing with. When I do this type of stuff or when I do my mobility stuff or my stretching at the end, if there's not classes going on in the aerobics rooms, you know, the rooms that have uh, the mirror, the walls are all mirrored and it's hardwood floors. Like I like going into those rooms if they're not in use because the lights are down. So it's a little bit darker. It's not crowded. You can just kind of uh, be there with your own thoughts, not really have to worry about anybody else. Sure. A couple of days ago, I was in one of these rooms doing my hip and glute PT. And there was a class that was starting in about 15 minutes. So 15 to 10 minutes out, people will start rolling into this room, but everybody's staying pretty quiet and they're just on their phones or whatever. So two days ago, I'm finishing up my workout and this woman comes in and where I set up is up against one of the walls, basically at the back of the room. If you're looking at where the instructor, when there are classes is going to be teaching from, I'm at the very back of that, still in the dead center, but the very back up against one of the mirrored walls. And so she comes in and she sets her stuff within a couple of feet of uh, where the head of my mat is. So like going towards where the mats are, and it's relatively close to where you can get a mat from too. So that's not that big of a deal, but she grabs a mat after she lays her keys and her uh, water bottle and her phone down and literally lays the mat, like uh, going parallel with mine about a foot away from my mat. Which okay. Is- are, are you the only other person in this room? Only other person in the room. There may have been one or two other people, but they were off to the sides. There's infinite space for her to do this. So much space. Okay. Remember, this is a couple of days ago. So I'm at the end of my workout. So after she does this, she walks around for a second. like, what the fuck did she do that for? And she comes back as I'm finishing my workout up and literally stands between her mat and my mat. Remember, her mat is about a foot away from mine. So she's basically standing over me, facing away from me. I'm like, is this fucking serious right now? This is such a gross violation of personal space. Considering all the other spots that she could set up in this room. And I know what she's doing. She wants to be at the back of the room. She's, you know, middle-aged woman who's over, she's out of shape. So she wants to be in the back to where she's not, uh, she's not being seen by everybody else necessarily. I mean, it's, it's way too self-conscious in my opinion, but I understand where she's coming from there. But at the same time, there's a way to go about trying to get, that space without being a complete jerk in the process. So I get, I'm done with my workout at this point as she like stands between us. So I kind of get my stuff and I just get out of there really quickly. I'm like, that's really annoying. And I say to myself, if that happens again, I've got to say something fast forward to today. No way. Same fucking thing happens. Same woman then puts her stuff down close to the head of the mat that I'm using lays the mat down within a foot of mine or at about a foot of mine. And this time she doesn't even really walk around. She just stands there, stands there. And she's a little bit more on her mat this time. So maybe she had the slightest bit of awareness to realize how it was even ruder to be basically be touching my mat previously, but she's still standing on her mat and essentially directly over me. And so I get up at this point. I say, excuse me. She turns around. She's like, yes. I'm like, is there a reason why you had to set up and stand directly over my mat right now? I'm like, this is a gross violation of personal space. This room is wide open right now. There was another person or two in the room, but it was still wide fucking open. 
Like this room is wide open right now. There's plenty of other places you could have gone and stood or put your stuff or done something other than hovering over somebody who's trying to finish a workout right now. That's extremely rude. She's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. She turns around and just continues standing there. No. Yeah. So I do my next set. And I stop half like I'm I am like seeing red at this point, dude. Like there's steam coming out of my ears because her response was to just stand there. What was she talk about on the show? Stupid people double downing on uh, double doubling down on their stupidity. What was she doing? Was she stretching or was she literally just standing there? Just standing there. She may have been like looking on her phone or something. And so I stopped midway through my set and I'm like, are you, are you serious right now? Is this how you're responding to what I just said to you? You're just going to keep standing there. I'm like, if it's really that big of a deal for you, I can move, but this is completely ridiculous. She's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you wanted me to move. And then at that point she goes and takes 10 steps away. And I can see her shaking her head and laughing. It's like, fuck off. Like if that's your attitude towards people and you're so desperate to get your spot in this fucking help middle-aged overweight women get in slightly better shape class, like you're so desperate to have that spot at the back of the classroom, just ask nicely. You ask nicely, I am, I may say no, but there's a possibility I can be like, "Uh, it's not that big of a deal, I guess. I can go over here to basically try and, infringe on somebody else's personal space to make them uncomfortable enough that they just want to leave that spot is fucking ridiculous. You and think that was her goal? Like that. You think you think that was her goal? Like just by standing there, you were going to get up and leave? Or you think she like legitimately did not care if you were there or not? I, I think part of it was her wanting to force me out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. God, dude. Yeah. Is that, is that something that's happened to you before? Like anything close to that? I've never heard of that. Like, no, I, I have not ever heard of it either. And it has not happened to me before. And if it happens again, I'm going to be better equipped to deal with it this next time. Like I, I am, I clearly work out around the time or I'm getting finished with my workout around the time that this class is getting going. But if it happens again and she does this again, like it's, it's going to be like, look, I, you and I are, are going to need to go talk to somebody in this building right now, because what you keep doing is, completely unacceptable and short of me snapping on you and cussing you out. Like, let's go talk to somebody about this. Cause you clearly don't have an issue with it, but there is a very big issue in my mind. And I've run this past a couple of people now because I just told one of my other buddies, he and I always have these curb moments that we have to share with one another. He had one at the doctor's office a little bit earlier. It's like, I ran it by him. He's like, you are not in the wrong at all. Like yeah. she, she may think you're an asshole because you spoke up. Like, you're trying to speak common sense into a situation. I'm like, that's right. We are the courtesy police. And unfortunately we get labeled as assholes because we feel the need to speak up for somebody or to somebody who clearly doesn't have an ounce of common sense themselves. So, so what do you do? Like next time you're there, are you going to post up at the same spot in that room? Or are you going to maybe move a little bit just in case she shows up? No, I'm there first. Fucking get to that class an hour before it starts if you want to be in that spot, bitch. Oh, my God. All right. So, I don't know. Some people would no, try to avoid her. I'm like, do you, re- do you want this spot so badly that you are going to annoy me once again by putting your shit all right here? Yeah. All you have to do is ask me nicely and maybe I'll move. You know what you should have done? You should have done the uh, Adrian Beltray bit, you know, where he moved the on-deck circle. You should have just, like, grabbed her mat and just, like, slid it across the floor 10 feet. Dude, I thought about it. I, I Like, every every possibility was going through my head right there, including moving her shit away. Because at one point, a couple of days ago, when she did walk away, I was, I was, like, I was about to push her mat, like, three feet away from mine. Like, this is absurd. Yeah. But I didn't do that. So today, I, I just had to say something. We'll yeah, he does it again. We we clearly work out at the same time. This will not be the last time that I see this woman. So if it happens again, then we may have another uh, personal edition, anecdotal edition of where <laughs> we at in society. Oh my god, what happens the next time? Do you raise your tone? Do you change what you say, or do you just like you're like what? Do we not talk about this last time? What are we What are we doing here? And you said she was know. she was fat also. Fat? She was, uh, she was, she was a heavy set, um, heavy set middle-aged woman. And if it happens to be their fat little girlfriends, too bad. That's tough. 
That's tough. Could you take her, or would she just, like, belly slam you or body slam you? I don't know what a belly slam is. What is that? Uh, she's middle-aged. Her, her bones are probably starting to get brittle. I think I could take her if I needed to. It's not going to come to that, though. Oh, my God. I hope it does. It'd be a fantastic addition to where we at in society if all of a sudden you're fighting middle-aged women at the aerobics room of your gym. That would be a new high slash low for me. Yeah, I'd say hi. That'd be that'd be a great moment for you. All right, we bring on one half of Chip and Zay. Zay Collier is here. What's going on, brother? What's up, fellas? Yo, Trey, it might be that bitch that's drugging all the people down in ATX downtown. You said oh, maybe she was trying to drug me to get me to knock out as I'm doing my Supermans. I just I'm just flat on the floor as this aerobics <laughs> class is going on. Hey, let her work out, man. You said that she's a little heavy set. Like, she's trying to, you know, get that lift in. A couple of extra steps towards that new spot that she lays her mat is actually going to help her out, Zay. Hey, Zay, by the way, I've got a congratulations for you. Welcome to your new tribe. Do you know what the root is, the root news? No. It's a news website, I guess. But uh, they apparently just posted this opinion piece that I wanted to share with you. Straight black men are the new white people of black people, according to the Root News. So congratulations. Welcome to the club. <laughs> it's been a lifetime's worth of waiting, but you're, you're finally here, I guess, according to the Root News. Nice. Next time I get pulled over, I'm going to show them this and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does that even mean? It's so, it's so fucking absurd. It's so dumb. I just had to show you guys. I figured Zay would get a kick out of it. Oh, great yeah. black men are the new white people of black people okay i mean people are desperate desperate <laughs> to have their narrative heard oh, that's, that's amazing i'm gonna have to read that later today goodness uh, Brown, what up? Uh, i'm just trying to process what my man trey's telling me i'd love i'd love for trey to get dropped off in the hood and tell <laughs> Tell the brothers that, uh, hey, you straight guys are the new whatever that was. What do you what do you guys think about straight black men being the new white men, uh, white men to black people, according to the Root News? Yeah, that's yeah, a mouthful. Um, I think he'd be on his bicycle mm. riding the <laughs> hell out of there. Just saying. Oh, God. That's awesome. John Brown tells us, hey, raising your kids, drop them off in the hood. Yeah, he tells us that almost every week. Just drop them off in the hood. Let him learn how to play basketball. Now he's first team all pro. Genius. Yeah, I think think genetics also helped with that. Because if I try that with my future kids, they're not going to be first team all pro. Oh, CPS is going to come get your ass real quick. That would probably happen before my kids even made first team all intramurals in college. Maybe they take after the Big 12 BK and become first team all pro in something other than football. Mm. Yeah, we'll go, they'll go work at Enterprise like most college. I don't know, they won't be college athletes. Okay. Hey, two Big 12 quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Chip's favorite player, Brock Purdy. Cold. Eli. Brock Eli. Brock Purdy sank my Lions. Uh, no, Dan Campbell sank your Lions. Yeah, Dan Gamble. Yeah, Dan yeah, Gamble saved my that. lions and Brock Purdy just uh, helped to facilitate it. And anytime we talk about Pat Mahomes playing in the Big 12, we do need to remind people that Pat Mahomes was Cliff Kingsbury's quarterback in college and he still couldn't do jack shit as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Anybody that wants to hire him as a head coach in the future. He's a coordinator. Cliff, yeah, Cliff couldn't right. hire a defensive coordinator. Yeah, he's with the Raiders now. Perfect place for Cliff Kingsbury, Vegas. <laughs> hey man new Braunfels unicorn don't hate on cliff this dude is a unicorn he's made the unicorns proud yeah. guy is uh he's the one who pulled johnny football out of the receiver line and put him in at quarterback at a&m and was the only guy on pat mahomes out of white house texas mm. and was the first guy to offer Shane Bouchelle. Cliff knows offense. You just got to – he's perfect in the NFL because 
except that he hooked his wagon to Kyler Murray. Killer Kyler. Coach Killer Kyler. And, and Cliff also smells like a freshly tossed salad, according to Bucky Godbolt. That's one of the most suspect things he's said. And he's been – he's said a lot of things since he's been in the game. But that one right there, wow. Wow. Hating on my man, Cliff. Oh, man. All right, love fellas. Me some, love me some Cliff Kingsbury. He's a good show. Have a great day, great show, great weekend, boys. Y'all three. Appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate you.